Carve out for yourself, referring to the second set of luchos. The Gemara says from the words psal lacha, we learn the psalis, the leftovers, shalcha belongs to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, in the very end of Masech Tababakama, in the final Mishnah, there are the, the, the Mishnah discusses the laws regarding a worker who's doing a job for an owner. And the Mishnah says, for example, if he's doing laundry, and when he does the laundry, pieces of material fall off, uh, fibers fall out, because it's so small, the fibers would belong to the worker. But if he's combing the wool to make material, and the pieces that come out would be more or bigger, then it would belong to the owner, because it's more significant, the owner wants to keep it. And then the Mishnah goes on with other examples, but the Mishnah concludes that if the worker is working in the domain of the owner, then despite the insignificance of it, it belongs to the owner. The Gemara on this says that if someone is chiseling stone, the little pieces of stone that fall off, there's no concept of theft because the owner doesn't want it and the worker could keep it. On this Gemara, the Rebbe Maharash asked a question. If a person, a worker who's chiseling stone, is allowed to keep the shavings because it is, there's no gazel, it's insignificant, why did Hashem have to tell Moshe Psalacha that he, he, should, he can get to keep the shavings? We know he would keep the shavings because he's the worker who's working for the owner and the worker keeps the shavings. And the Rebbe Maharash answers that in the case of the Luchais, they were sapphire. They were expensive. When does the Gemara say that stone, the, the, the pieces that fall off could be kept by the worker if it's regular stone? It's not that expensive. But sapphire stone, this belongs to the owner. And that's why Hashem had to say, Psalacha, that Moshe could keep it anyway. So the Rashbats, the, the Chassid, Shmuel B'Tzalo, Sheftel, asks the Rebbe Maharash, by Hashem, Sapphire and regular stone have the same value. If, because it's of its insignificance, regular stone belongs to the, to the worker, then sapphire, if the Abishter is the owner, should also belong to the worker. Why would you differentiate between that, the value of the stone if you're talking about the Abishter? And the Rev Marash answered that the luchas were being made lemata here in this world, and therefore we're going to follow the rules of this world, and in this world, sapphire is more expensive than stone, than regular stone. On this answer, or on this teaching, the Rebbe asks a question. We know that the whole world belongs to Hashem. Even though Moshe was making the luchas, preparing them, carving them in this world, but Moshe was Eitzel Balabayis. Moshe was in the domain of the owner. And we said before from the Mishnah that if you're in the domain of the owner, it always belongs to the owner. So the reason I would think that Hashem has to say Psalacha is not because it's sapphire, but because Moshe is working Eitzel Balabayis. He's working in the domain of the Balabayis. And in that case, even Avanim Stam, even regular stone, not sapphire stone, also belongs to the owner. And that's why Hashem says Psalacha, that Moshe could keep it. Why does Rabbi Marash have to bring in the concept of the sapphire? Now, one might suggest 
that when it comes to stone, it doesn't matter if you're Eitzel Balabayas or not. The Braisa, which is where this teaching about the stone is coming from, is mostly talking about things that are being done in the domain of the Balabayas. And nevertheless, the Braisa says that by the stone, there's no gazel, but the worker can keep it. So one might suggest that the reason that Rebbe Marash doesn't use the answer that Moshe was, that, that Moshe was Eitzel Balabais is because he holds that Eitzel Balabais doesn't matter. Even in the domain of the Balabais, if it's regular stone, the worker can keep it. But the Rebbe refutes that answer and says two issues. Number one, why would I think to differentiate? For the same reason, if it's twigs or branches, it should belong to the owner in his domain. Stone should also belong to the owner in his domain. Also, the Rebbe Marash uses the words, The worker is closer to this material. If it's in the domain of the balabayas, of the, of the owner, then the owner is closer. So clearly when we say that the stone, there's no concept of gazel, it's only if it's not in the domain of the balabayas. And therefore, if it would be in the domain of the balabayas, then the worker, then the owner, it would belong to the owner. And if it belongs to the owner, then it belongs to Hashem. And that's why Hashem says, P'salacha. So we're back to our original question. Why does the Rebbe Marash rely on uh, answer that, that it was sapphire and doesn't answer that Moshe was in the domain of the Balabais. And to explain this, the answer to this question, we, we, the Rebbe introduces the fact that the Braisa and the Tesefta seem to argue whether by stone it depends on the feelings of the owner. The Braisa that we brought, the Braisa says across the board that the stone belongs to the worker. But in a Tesefta, the, the Tesefta says that it depends whether it belong, whether the owner cares about it. If the owner cares about it, he gets to keep it. If the owner doesn't care about it, then the, then the worker gets to keep it. What are they arguing? So the Rebbe says something very interesting over here. The Rebbe says that it really depends what is the difference between Tesefta and Braisa. Tesefta was, was taught by Rabbi to Rabchia. It's just that it was not included in the Mishnah. But it was taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi, therefore it wasn't Eretz Yisrael. The word Baraisa means Barachutz. Things that were out, were created, were brought into being outside of the Yeshiva of Rabbi. So these are, these are the teachings of the Tanaim, but that weren't taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi. And it is logical to say that they come from Bava. And now we can understand why there's a differentiation, difference of opinion between the Brice and the Tesefta. The Brice is in Bavel. In Bavel, they didn't use stone. We see by the Tower of Bavel, they said, let's make bricks. Rashi says they had no stone. There's no mountains there. And therefore, no one uses stone. So stone has no value. And therefore, the Brice says that if the pieces of stone that come off belong to the worker, because there's no value to it. But in Eretz Yisrael, where there is stone, people build buildings. And it says... Eretz Barzel, her stones are like iron, referring to how strong the stones are. So therefore, stones do have value. And therefore, when you are, uh, according to the Tesefta in Eretz Yisrael, where the stone has value, if there's pieces of stone that fall off, you have to see how the owner feels about it. If he's particular about it, he gets to keep it. If not, you can, if not, the, the worker can keep it. Based on this, we could now understand the Rishima of the Rebbe Marash. What the Rebbe Marash is saying. If 
the balabais is makbid. If he cares about it, then it's his. Then he keeps it. If he doesn't care about it, what does it mean? It means it's hefker. It means it's ownerless. It doesn't belong to anyone. Or it means that the balabais is giving it away. So now, if you say that the balabais is, that it depends on the balabais, that means that we need the person to make it hefker or to give it away as a present. When you say that something has no value, like the stone in Bavel, you don't need the owner to make it hefker. It's hefker by itself. And in that case, even Rishus Balabayis, even in the Balabayis' domain, it would still belong to the worker because it's hefker. So now if I go back to the teaching of the Rebbe Marash, Psalucha, when Hashem says to Moshe, Psalucha, where were they? They were in the Midbar. In the Midbar, there's, no, there, there's not a lot of stone. Therefore, no one uses stone. If no one uses stone, stone has no value. And if stone has no value, then it's hefker. And that's why, even if it's Eitzah Balabayis, it would still be hefker. And therefore, the Rebbe Marash says, why does Hashem have to say The stone is hefker. Moshe should keep it. And that's why he answers Sanpirin that it was made out of sapphire because in that case, it does have value. And then it's not hefker. And if it's not hefker, then, uh, uh, then Moshe could not keep it unless Hashem says to him, Psalucha. After all this, the Rebbe gives his, an, another explanation why Hashem says Psalucha. And the reason is to say that it belongs to Moshe and not to the Yidin. Because since the Luchas were being made for the Beis HaMikdash, for the Mishkan, everything was, belonged to the Yidin. So Hashem had to identify that this belongs to the Yidin. This could be learned from the fact that Moshe, that the Gemara says that compares Ksav Lucha to Ksav Lucha to Psalucha. That Ksav Lucha means that the Torah was given to Moshe, uh, and the Moshe gave it to the Yidin. The Gemara explains it referring to Pilpul, to delving deeper into the teachings, but it's something that was given to, the, to Moshe and not to the Yidin. Similarly, Psalucha would mean that it was given to Moshe and not to the Yidin, not to Moshe and not to Hashem. And of course, there is a lesson to be learned at the end, and that is, the first Luchais had no Psalus. The first Luchais were in a state of achtos of complete oneness. There's no levels, there's no layers. But in the second Luchais, there were levels and there were layers because it was brought about through the Yidden's Tshuva. And therefore, there is a Psalus. There is a, a front and a back. What's the front and the back? The very same delving into Torah. Why would one delve into Torah? Because it's difficult. That difficulty could be seen as psalus. But it's also a special part of Torah because when someone delves into the Torah, then it brings him to a higher level. And therefore there are layers in the second Luchais and sometimes it comes difficult, but through that difficulty one reaches a higher level. And through that, the, that higher level was given to Moshe, and Moshe, because he was generous, had a toiv ayin, he gave it to all the Yidin, that we could reach the highest levels of learning Torah through the Yagiyah, through the effort in Torah that came about through the second Luchais, uh, and which is even in a sense greater than the first Luchais.